0: Steve Kaplowitz and Don Haskins. And welcome, everybody, as we continue back live at Fuddruckers West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Steve Kaplowitz along with the Bear, Don Haskins, as we get set for the Don Haskins Show. First off, we've got some great specials uh, today on the program. We are going to be giving away a DVD of the ESPN Sports Center, Year in Review 2006, and Jock Rock uh, Volume 1, courtesy of All That Music on Lee Trevino. We also have two pairs of tickets to give away for the Miners and Memphis, a week from tonight at the Don Haskins Center and if that's not enough, a 50 dollar border bucks gift card from howdy so some great great prizes great specials as well dollar miller lights so come on down and enjoy those dollar miller light bottles and when you mention the bear when placing your order save 10 percent off your meal every other thursday for the don haskins show <clears throat> right now we've got memphis and rice not much of a game memphis has kind of broken this thing up here in the uh, second half they have a comfortable 57 37 lead. And uh, that being said, I want to welcome the Bear back uh, for another week. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing fine,
1: Steve. Um, Willie Cager, who will be on in the second hour, and yep. I were out right at Fort Bliss uh, uh, with a group of soldiers that are heading to Iraq in the next 20 to 30 days. All right. I asked one of these soldiers what day, and he said, that you know, For uh, military reasons, they wouldn't tell them, but they're on their way. And uh, what a nice group they were. Uh, uh, Just young, young, young kids. uh, um, I I think Willie and I spent about an hour after it was over signing autographs and what have you. And and, uh, um, it was a nice little program, uh, not very formal. Right. Heck of a lot of them sitting and standing. must have been a couple hundred of them, but it was, it was great, and I enjoyed it very much.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Willie will be uh, on the show next hour, just making his way to Fuddruckers right now. I'm excited to have him a part of the show. We've got a lot to talk about. Before we get to our first guest, last night... UTEP broke out of their funk in a big way, huge victory over SMU, and it was a night where the shooting went well, the rebounding went well, the defense, everything you could ask for pretty much uh, went UTEP's way in a big way last night. Uh,
1: In Bill's story this morning on the game, Tony Barbie, the first thing he said is it always looks a little better when you shoot good. Yep. And I've always said that, you know, uh, uh, ugly games that you win, and uh, play defense and rebound, they're great. But it, it's, it's great for the fans to see a lot of shots go in. Uh, Kevin Henderson has really turned himself around, I'll tell you. Uh, Bill, I think he was 7 for 9 or something like yeah, that today. And uh, we Didn't we make our first 10 free throws? I think, that's I think we did. Yes.
0: Let me uh, welcome right now. Since uh, you're, you're already uh, kind of queuing our first guest, let me uh, let me. Uh, well, I had to
1: ask him questions. I know let, all me,
0: the well, let me introduce him, and then we'll uh, oh. we'll make it we'll make it a little formal here on oh. the program. Our our first guest, as promised, is a member of the El Paso Sports Hall of Fame. He is also a uh, sports writer for the El Paso Times for nearly thirty years. Or is it 30 years? I think it might be uh, 29. 27. And uh, 27. A half. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to date you any more than I already have to. It's uh, Bill Knight who covers the Utah Miners for the El Paso Times, and uh, first off, thanks so much for being here tonight. My pleasure, Steve. Well, you were right there along with Coach and, and everybody else that witnessed the uh, performance by the Miners. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a surprising performance, but it was one of those games that they really needed. They needed that confidence boost, and they were able to get it last night.
2: Yeah, they really did, because they had six games in a row where they shot under 40%, and they're really a better shooting team than that. So I think everybody felt like it had to come, and I think SMU just had to pay the price. It was their night.
0: I look at SMU, and... They really struggled without Bomba Fall. It was obvious without the size in that lineup. Uh, it's a different kind of team. Uh, do you feel the same way that they just didn't have anybody really in the low post to try to... Uh, oh my
1: gosh, they had two or three guys at their 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, yeah. They, um, just, they just were getting dominated. I don't, I don't what was the know, difference? I don't know how good that Bomba Falls is. Mm-hmm. And I remember him from a year ago. Billy didn't make that much difference, did he? No. You know, I, our, our team played defense, and we shot well.
0: Uh, how, many, uh, how many turnovers do we have? 12 turnovers. 12 turnovers. 23 assists. But here's the keys, Coach. You out-rebounded team 39-22. Almost double, no less. You're going to win. Points in the paint. The Miners with a 30-6 to 6 advantage. Points in the paint.
1: You're going to win. Yeah.
0: That's exactly what happened.
1: And uh, I think this team is coming along real good. I think uh, Tony Barbie is... Uh, Bringing them along well, you know, we've got, uh, I guess DJ is the only guy we have back, Bill. Is that right from last year? Well, Kevin Henderson and Kevin Maurice Kevin Henderson, Thomas. right, but and
0: Maurice Thomas. There's only three, right.
1: but three bunch of newcomers. A uh, lot, of,
0: lot of new guys. Bill, you're around this team on a daily basis. You see them all the time. I mean, how tough of a season. We know from the minor fans we talk to how, how difficult it is, but, you know, talk about the players Tony Barbie, and obviously I'm sure it felt like a big weight off their shoulders last night to win and play so well because they were kind of waiting for a chance to, to get back on the winning ways, and luckily it happened last night.
2: Yeah, they have been. They've been frustrated, and I think the frustration was building, and you could tell it when you talk to them each day. And They, they felt like they're a better team than they've been playing, especially the two games on the road. And The Tulsa game, they really didn't play that badly. They just didn't shoot the ball. I don't know if I've seen a team shoot – so consistently bad throughout a game usually yeah. there's some little roller coaster in there well, or something um it bill it was
1: six, six 51 uh you hold somebody to six six they used win. to win yeah yeah
0: they couldn't make anything well the question now fatos. is that's true nothing was going in for them. <laughs> the question now is will they be able to uh go back on the road east carolina saturday night a very winnable game but we've obviously seen this year playing at home and playing on the road are some are are very tough for a team and this basketball team is after their smu victory bill has has really struggled on the road
2: yeah they have and it was it's kind of ironic because they were they were really solid on the road up until that time i mean they didn't win that many games but they were in every game they seemed to have a comfort level and it didn't seem to bother them much being on the road and being in front of hostile fans but all of a sudden that uh Tulane and at UAB and two places where there really weren't a lot of fans they just didn't play well and were never in the game and I think that's what's led to the frustration that combined with the Tulsa game
0: Is it a confidence issue do you think more than anything else?
2: I think so, I think they're all still struggling to to learn Tony's style of play, and I mean it's brand new for for everybody, I mean right. they all love to play that way but it's it's new for them, and he's trying to get across exactly what he wants them to do all the time and to push, 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 and sure. uh, it's, it's, a, it's a day-by-day process.
0: 880-5763-880-KRD is our telephone number. If you want to get through to the Don Haskins Show tonight, once again, our guests include uh, Bill Knight for hour number one, Willie Kager in our second hour as well, who is already here, has got a big smile. He's always, Willie's always smiling. <laughs> He's got a smile on his face all the time. He'd miss
1: 10 shots in a row and he'd be smiling. (laughs) I don't remember him missing 10 in a row. I think he would have been.
0: We'll uh, we'll talk uh, to Willie here in in just a little bit as we continue right now on the show. Bill, I looked at uh, last night and I saw Stephon Jackson play the kind of game he's capable of, a double-double, 22 points and, and 10 rebounds. But the one guy that really came and had a coming out party last night was Victor Amayo. I mean, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't had that kind of a performance all season long.
2: He really hadn't, and he did, he did some of the things that I've seen him do on the practice floor, but he, he's a very passionate young man, and he, he just sometimes tries too hard, I think. And he—he yeah. uh, he he's not the quickest guy in the world, but he doesn't have bad feet, and he's got soft hands around the basket. And uh, you, you would see him, especially early on in practice, making some of the shots he made last night, and then they all went away.
0: Coach, were you excited to see uh, Victor having that big night? Well,
2: <clears throat> tell
1: you what, this guy tries so hard. Yeah. And I've watched him when things are going bad and he makes maybe a couple fouls, he shouldn't have. But he's hung in there and it was great to see him have a big night. Now, he's had other games where he hadn't scored many points that I thought he was very valuable for rebounding and uh, just the effort that he gives. And one of the things I like the best about this team. And I'm uh, I'm a little concerned that we, you know, we've had people drop off, but this team's trying. Yeah. Now, if they wouldn't playing hard, I wouldn't go, myself. But they're playing hard, and they're trying. Uh, they're having uh, some new things thrown at them, and they're young. It's you a um, bill. We got to what three guys have played in. Two of them didn't play much last year. Although I guess two of them did. But then all the new guys uh, uh, coming in—Van uh, uh, Wright, uh, uh, name some off. Malik Alvid and uh, Malik. Marvin yeah. Kilgore. Yeah, he struggled a little. Jeremy uh, Sampson. Kilgore yeah. has struggled. Yeah. And I got a feeling that Sampson will be a heck of a player next year. I well, think he will.
0: Sampson uh, is—you know—it's funny when when. Tony Barbie talks about athleticism. That's Jeremy Sampson. Yeah, His game is not as refined as maybe you'd like to see from a 6'10 or 6'11 kid, but he is one of the most athletic kids on the court.
2: He is, and, and we talked about that last night. He's so yeah. thin, and yeah. he's, not to, he's not used to posting up down there. He's more, he's used to playing on the, out on the wing a little bit, and this is a new role for him, and right. he's, he's feeling his way just like everybody else. And I think um, he's getting better. You know, Tony uh, said uh, after the show, I heard
1: uh, John Teicher, and they were talking to Tony, and he's talking about first thing you need to do this year was get in the weight room. Yeah. And uh, the first guy that needs to go is Samson. He's 6'11". Yes. He's athletic. He can run, jump, but he's not very strong.
0: Let's go to the phones, guys. Eight eight zero five seven six three, and we'll go to Vince joining us first on a mobile. Vince, thanks for the phone call. You're up on the Don Heskin Show.
3: Yeah, actually my question is uh, the coach, and uh, I'd like if uh, Mr. Knight could comment on it as well. Uh, Coach, you're known as a defensive coach, but uh, my question is, were you a coach that had a regimented number of minutes for your players prior to a game, and kind of something you stepped by, or were you more of a coach that um, kind of went with who was hot on offense, and sort of did things on the fly. If someone was hot, would you ride that player and change the place to go to the, whoever was hot on offense, with uh, defense being a, a given, or were you someone who uh, always wanted the ball in someone's hands and uh, um, you know, and wanted you know, the, it structured a certain way? And if uh, I'd like to get uh, Bill's uh, reflection on how he interpreted. Uh, uh, Coach coaching
0: coaches. It's uh, great. Vince, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you getting in. Uh, great question. B- yeah, it is. It's a good
1: question. And Vince, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, I never had much of a practice plan, so I certainly didn't know in a game, you know, or, you know, we'd have our five starters, whoever they might be. Yeah. And uh, I'd leave them out there according to how they were playing. And I could not tell you how many times you send a guy down scores bench, and the guys going in for scores, so I got to the place where I'd say, "Hey, get back," you know, but I never did know. I just played it by ear, and uh, I think uh, Tony seems to uh, substitute a lot, yeah. put fresh players in, but he's got he's got a bunch of guys who pretty much
2: alike. Bill. What do you think? yeah and i'd say from uh years of watching coach haskins his substitution pattern was probably based on anger it's like some, <laughs> somebody somebody turned it over or messed up but they were coming out or if they took a bad shot they were coming out and uh, so well, I think that, that was, means was, a lot of substitutions uh, that, it, that was a big I factor i think for, uh, uh,
1: last night um uh, 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 made a bad play and he got back to half court And he just started toward the bench. Somebody came down for him. He knew. He knew right off the bat. Yeah, Yeah. he
0: knew. I've seen your guys do that too. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen it a few times also (laughs) over the years. That's right. Let's go back to the phones. Before we go to our first break of the show, Ira is up next on a mobile. Ira, thanks for the phone call. You're on the Don Haskins show.
3: Thank you, Don. And Bill Knight, I want to thank you both for some great publicity. But anyway, mine is a uh, football question. May I ask it to you, Bill Knight?
2: Uh, Sure, I'll try.
3: Uh, I had a debate, and Don Haskins knows the guy. I had a debate with Albert Cox the other day. There was an El Paso in that played for Green Bay who uh, eventually came back to El Paso and went into the building business. And I told uh, I told Albert, I said, it was Paul Berry. And I don't know if I'm right, Bill. Uh,
1: uh, he didn't play it. Green Bay, did he?
2: I, you know, I'm not sure. I know no, who he played, is. He, uh, I know Paul Berry played at Tulsa, I think. Ira, think that, that, I, uh, did the Paul Berry
0: play in the NFL, coach?
1: With Green oh, Bay? Uh, no. I don't think, you know, I don't know. But uh, I know he was a great football player. Yeah. And in college, I think he played at Tulsa. And in the NFL, I don't remember who he played for, but he played. And maybe for
2: two or three teams, he was a great player. Yeah, I'm like you. I, I'm not 100% sure where he played in the NFL. I know he played in the NFL, but I'm not sure. Yeah. where Ira, so I'll try to look. Better, I'll try Ira. to
0: look that one up and uh, have that for you on the show tomorrow if Thank you want to you. call. Thank uh, you. So.
2: Hey, uh, Don, Don,
3: why don't we take Bill
0: Knight to Rosa's Cantina? <laughs> you what?
1: Why don't we take Bill Knight to Rosa's Cantina? I don't. I don't know where it is. That wouldn't take it. <laughs> Thank you, Ira. We appreciate
0: the phone call. All right. Good. Selective amnesia. That's that's, that's a good. No, trait. I saw him
1: at uh, Rosa's Cantina. Yeah. Uh, here. Oh, a month or two ago at lunchtime.
0: What was he doing there? Just enjoying a good yeah, meal? No,
1: he was uh, having tacos. All right, that's, yeah. that's, that's enchiladas, tacos. All right. All right.
0: Take our first break right now. When we come back, more of your phone calls, more of our conversation with Bill Knight. It's the Don Haskins Show live from Fred Rutgers West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Come on down and join us as we continue on News Radio KROD.
3: she's no good with words, but i worse. But out a joke
1: of a romantic stuck to
0: my tongue. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here. It's the Don Haskins Show. You, you're dancing to that music? You like that stuff?
1: <laughs> I can do it sitting down. I know you can. I, can.
0: I can see that. Come on down and join us, folks. We've got some great specials out here tonight. Dollar Miller Light Bottles. Dollar Miller Light Bottles and... That's not enough. You mentioned the bear. When placing your order, you will save 10% off your meal tonight. Later on, Willie Cage will be joining us on the show. Right now, it's uh, Bill Knight here with us. Questions for Bill and the coach, 880-5763, 880-KROD. You know, off the air, Tony just called up during our last segment and wanted to know how many of your players played in the NFL. I thought that was kind of an interesting question. <clears throat>
1: I had a lot to do with recruiting Freddie Carr and Bob Wallace. Now, they were also football players, so they went out for spring practice, and I never saw them again. That was it, huh? Well, they were interested in playing in bowls the next two years. But you know, Freddie Carr played on our team in 67. Uh, Neville Shedd was hurt. Mm -hmm. No, no, Neville Shedd was ineligible. And Freddie came out. And uh, he was second leading rebounder in the uh, uh, Western Regional, and the leading rebounder was Lou Altunder. Very,
0: that's very good stat. Yeah. By the way, didn't uh, Marvin Washington play uh, for you and uh, play in the NFL for a long time? Well,
1: he came here as a basketball player, and I talked him into going out for football.
0: Still qualifies as a guy that played for you he that played made, in the NFL.
1: Mar- Marvin had to be the only guy that ever played four years. So he played here a year, then yeah. he went with Tim up to Idaho. He played four years and never made a free throw. That's, that's a good
0: stat to have.
1: So football was his way. Yeah. Now, he didn't I, need
0: to make a free throw.
1: No, I'll tell you what, he was a great uh, defensive end, and uh, he signed his contract. It was in the paper for three years for $12 million. And I got a note a few days later, just scribbled it and said, Coach, thank you for get, uh, getting me to go out for football.
0: Yeah, I think he should be uh, thanking you yeah. in a big way for that. Yeah. That's for sure. Um Bill, when you first arrived, what, 1979 or 1980? 79, yes. Your first uh, recollection of uh, this man next to us, what it was like.
2: I remember it clearly. Actually, it was during football season, and uh, he liked one of the football stories I wrote, and he picked me up in the truck, and so we took the 15-mile-an-hour ride down, uh, even back <laughs> down in, Mesa. Even <laughs> back in 1979, huh? Even then. And, Nothing changed. And he, said, uh, he told me, he said... Uh, Come on now, tell the truth. Uh, you like football better than you do basketball, don't you? And I said, No, not really, coach. And he goes, Well, I sure as hell do. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Which I know hand. was a lie, but yeah. I know he likes football, though. I'd rather watch uh,
1: an NFL game is anything. Yeah, I mean, me too. NBA, you get 24 seconds, they all play alike. Yeah. But uh, no, I do love college basketball, and I watch, you know, we're sitting here watching this Memphis Rice game. Uh, Memphis beating them pretty good. 77.53 right now. But uh, uh, the thing I always loved about Bill is uh, I remember one time he was covering this, and we were terrible. And I said, Bill, uh, I'll quit sugarcoating it and tell it the way it is. I said, you know, I won't use the word, but I said, if we're we're bad, yeah, we're bad and write it. And the next day, he wrote a story about this or that, but uh, he's a coach's dream and all the guys that have been here. Uh, Billy Gillespie a while ago I was talking to him on the phone before he yeah. came and he said, Who are you gonna have on? And I said, Bill Knight and Willie Cager and he said, um, You know, Bill, uh, um, he had a cup you know, he had a, a year that was pretty bad, six and twenty four. Yeah. And Bill uh, kept writing that we we're gonna, it was going to get better because he's watching practice every day, and like his team, he's watching practice and they practice hard, and he kept telling me everything was going to be okay.
0: Well, that six twenty-four went to twenty-four and six. Yep, exactly. So you saw you 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 knew when you were there at. Uh you know what? Coaches have a way of bringing in the talent that can turn things around. You see that with uh, Tony, especially with uh, some of the kids that are going to be coming in next year?
2: Yeah, there's no question that he has a high-quality kid coming in next year, and I think it'll make a difference. And I think the biggest thing you see in coaches is that each one of them does it in his own way, but if yeah. the coach is going to be good, he gets his guys to play hard. And I mean really hard. I mean college kids are going to play hard, but not – there's another level, and Billy and Doc and of course, Coach Haskins for years achieved that. And yes. like I said, they all, they all did it in their own way, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you can see that and you know that better things are ahead. And yeah. personally, I'm probably the biggest optimist in the world, too. I don't I don't see the glass half full. It's usually three quarters full for exactly. me. But uh, uh, and so that's that may be a flaw, but it, it's me.
0: But I think, in a sense, people that have grown up uh, and, and really enjoyed your writing for the last uh, 25 plus years, they know that about you. That's one of the things when when you read a Bill Knight story, you know you're going to get you're going to get a more optimistic look. Which, for a lot of people, especially loyal fans, they appreciate that more than let's say a a, a harder a harder more critical look at a team. and, and yet, when you wrote about the Tulsa game. I know it probably pains you to do it, but there were, there were some sh- – you know, you were being honest and, and realistic, and that was about as, as harsh as you're ever going to read a, you know, a story that you, that you write.
2: Probably so. I mean, in, in the end, you have to be fair and honest about it, and yeah. you can't – you know, if a team plays bad, they play bad, and, and it's not like they're trying to play bad. But sure. uh, like I said, I, I, uh, I look at the Tulsa game and I look at the SMU game and I see basically the same game except – Utah made shots in the SMU game, and that that was you know, and they rebounded a little better. Exactly but,
1: uh, the way I saw it.
2: Yeah. You know, it, I thought it's,
1: you know, you hold somebody six six, uh, you're supposed to be there at the end, and well, I've never seen as many shots that night hang on the rim and mm-hmm. roll off, mm-hmm. in any game that I've ever watched over the years, I've right. never seen it, it. It set up in teeter, and I know the other night we had one in the first half. It set up on the rim and fell in. I thought, man, <laughs> that time.
0: It's exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's amazing what happens when you open the floodgates, isn't it? Oh yeah,
1: it? yeah.
0: Um, having a chance to watch Barbie in his first season practice, how would you compare his practices uh, in terms of intensity and what he's like as a coach to uh, Gillespie and Sadler?
2: Uh, not that much different, really. Uh, I i have been impressed with the way he runs practice, and he's very organized, and uh, he's very intense. Uh, uh, there's no standing around i mean he utilizes every minute and uh, you know i like i like what i see and i liked i loved watching uh, coach practice and i loved watching billy practice and uh billy was just most people who knew billy couldn't believe he was that mean and when he crossed the line of the baseline he was the meanest guy you ever saw and when he walked off he was the nicest guy you ever saw but uh, yeah. and then doc sadler i think the thing that shocked me the most about doc is his knowledge of the game and his knowledge of the X's and O's. It was sometimes almost too much. I think he almost overwhelmed the kids with with too much knowledge. But Doc really, really knows the X's and O's of the game. It was impressive to watch.
0: And I don't know if you've had a chance yet to read Dan Wetzel's column yesterday from Yahoo Sports. But uh, Dan, who uh, wrote the, co-authored the book Glory Road with the Bear, wrote a great column yesterday about Billy Gillespie, Doc Sadler, and their relationship with the uh, Coach Haskins after they left Utah.
2: Yeah, that, I think that, that says volumes of, to what Coach Haskins means to, to everybody who comes here and to college basketball in general. But they, you know, one time Reggie Minton, the old Air Force coach, yep. told me that... Uh, basketball coaches are the biggest plagiarists there are you know he so said we pick things up from, we might go to a high school game and pick something up well Doc and Billy are smart enough to know that uh, you never stop learning you know and I heard yeah. Tony say that one time at, at the basketball media day he said when you stop learning you, you die yeah
0: 880 5763 880 KRODR telephone number. If you want to get through and have a question for Don Haskins and uh, Bill Knight here on the Don Haskins radio show, I didn't realize that uh, you still chat with uh, Billy Gillespie four or five times a week.
1: Um, I don't know if it's that much, but uh, um, he just called for I come on today. In fact, yeah. I darn near missed the first part. <laughs> and we were talking about. You know, he beat Oklahoma State last night uh, yeah. 66-46. to Now, that's the least points they've been held to in Gallagher-Iba Arena in, uh, I don't know, Bill. You I think know, it's like 30 years, 40 30, years. 40, 40, 40 like years. Yeah. And, you know, uh, on uh, uh, last Saturday, uh, he played Oklahoma and held them to 49 and was having a hard time scoring himself. But... Um, Defense still is the name of the game. You can guard somebody who gives you a chance, and that's why the guy that we got right here, the, the way they're trying to play defense, he's got a you know, he's going to get it done. There's no question in my mind.
0: How impressed were you last week when you saw what Bobby Knight did on the road in College Station to Billy Gillespie? When you talk about uh, the big road performance uh, by uh, the Red Raiders, I don't
1: think uh, Billy would mind me saying as he called me the next morning. And he said, now, you talk about a guy that's hard-headed. Uh, Knight uh, was running his offense to perfection. And, uh, uh, you know, the Texas Tech team, uh, they have the uh, uh, one guard who is really, really good, Jackson. Yeah. And, uh, see, Doc Sadler had gone in over Tech and beat him and, boxed and put a box in one. That's a four-man zone and one guy they're playing man-to-man. And... Uh, um uh, Billy was kicking himself because uh, he decided he was going to guard him the right way. And uh, uh, Jackson coaches, had 30 or 31. Well, coaches are hard-headed.
0: Why do they do that? Is it just because they're hard-headed? And it's, yeah. just, it's pride more than <laughs> yeah, anything else?
1: And Billy asked me, and I said, well, I've only done that about 25, 30, 40 times you know, myself. <laughs> so uh, what am I going to say? I've been, I've been hard-headed about those things. You, yeah think your defense is good and you can't you're not stopping them
0: and uh he needed to change something and, to, and said he did but you've run boxing ones you've run triangle in twos you've run a lot of the uh quote Billy, unquote Billy does defenses too. yeah
1: every once in a while he'll do that but uh, since they
0: were scoring on these man man he wouldn't do it he was uh, stubborn all right well unfortunately it cost him yeah Cost them in a big way. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation from Flood Ruckers West. Bill Knight, our guest, as the Don Haskins Show continues right after this on News Radio KROD. All of Welcome back everybody as we continue live from Flood West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard the Don Haskins show and our special guest this hour Bill Knight next hour Willie Cager. we've got lines available right now 880-5763-880-KROD want to remind you kids eat free Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult meal kids eat free Tuesdays here at uh, Fuddruckers locations. and uh, once again we're going to be giving away a couple pairs of tickets for the Miners and Memphis a week from tonight at the Don Haskins Center sure so you're looking forward to that game
1: i, r- I really am i'm <clears throat> sure uh, tony and uh, john calipari aren't you know it's hard to play against uh, like uh, i played against mr abby twice once in stillwater the first year yeah then the next year here they, those games are already scheduled but that's that's a tough thing to do uh, uh after they throw the ball up though you just want to kick someone's
0: you know what
1: yeah, it doesn't. You, you, you take all the friendships and you've got to throw it out the window. Yeah,
0: you forget it. You know. I'm sure you forget it real fast, too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, tonight the UTEP women are in action in a little less than in, uh, about uh, 20 minutes uh, at home. And, Bill, it's been one of the great stories of the year, what uh, Keith Adams has been able to do with this women's basketball team.
2: Yeah, it really has. It's been a pleasure to see, and it's... Uh it, it's been kind of up and down for Keitha, and it's really good to see her get this thing going, and they've had some nice crowds, and I think they're looking for another one tonight. Especially with
0: National Girls and Women's
2: in Sports right. Day, and you're going to get about
0: seven or 8,000 fans. Yeah, There's going to be about 5,000 kids, which will make it for a pretty, uh, pretty lively atmosphere. Well, not making any tonight.
1: difference. Just uh, get out there and fill some
0: seats. Fans are fans. That's what it's, uh, that That's is right. what it's all about. Um, over the years... Favorite team? Any one in particular for UTEP? Is there was there one season that really you, uh, you that sticks out in your mind more than the others? Uh,
2: there's been a lot of them I and a lot of individual favorite players of mine, guys that I've gotten to know maybe a little better than others over the years. Uh, yeah. Guys, Lester Goodwin, Juden Smith, uh, Kent Lockhart, and uh, and later on one of coaches last year's Rico Nelson. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think. One of my favorite teams was the ninety-two team that went to the sweet sixteen. It was such a good mixture. It, you know, he had he had some good size for, for UTEP, because Coach never had a lot of size, but he had six eight Marlon Maxey who played much bigger, and six ten, David Van Dyke, who played bigger than that, and still the school's all time shot blocker, and then good little guards, little guards too, with Eddie Rivera and Prince Stewart and Jim Bice off the bench and uh And a nice mixture of the swing guys with uh, 6'5 guys like Johnny Melvin and Ralph Davis and uh, had 6'8 Roy Howard also coming off the bench. So he had, you give coach a lot of weapons like that and allow him to mix and match and he's going to beat a lot of people.
0: Have you done a a pretty nice job of keeping in touch with some of those players you mentioned earlier? I'm curious because you brought up Juden Smith's name and I, haven't, I don't know where Juden is these days. Some of us are kind of wondering what happened to Juden Smith.
2: I lost track of Juden, too. I know he. the last I heard he was buying some houses and owned a bunch of homes in the Dallas area. And yeah. for a few years I did, yeah. and, and I went in to cover the Cowboys a couple of times, and I'd stayed at, at Juden's place with him. And uh, uh, just a good guy, really quiet. And uh, it was funny because Juden was... Was one of my best interviews because he would never talk to TV for whatever reason. I never asked him why, but he would not do TV interviews. But he talked to me every time I asked him. I still remember one time uh, after the, a big win at New Mexico, and Fred Albers went up to Juden and stuck the microphone in and said, Come on, Juden, you hadn't talked to us all year, say something. And Juden goes, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> and uh, no, the locker room <laughs> broke up, and Fred said, Come on, Juden. And then Juden goes, whose fleece was white as snow, just deadpan uh, like that. I didn't know that, yeah. that's, that's, that's
0: a pretty good story.
1: He uh, Juden was quite a character. You know, Gus Bailey, who had been here in the 60s, uh, got to calling me from New Orleans, and he said, there's a kid down there on the playground. He can play, and I said, well, why didn't he uh, go somewhere? Why didn't he get a scholarship? He said, I don't know. And I said, okay, Gus called me maybe seven or eight times. And I said, uh, Gus, I'm bring him for a visit. And I'm bringing a guy for a visit that didn't even have a junior college offer. But at the time he got here, I think he was about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and he grew to 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. And he was a great athlete uh, to this day. I think he went uh, was St. Augustine in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, um, the thing I remember about him the most as we're playing Alabama and making a comeback. <laughs> and they had a guy, what was his name, Bill? Bucks, was it Buck Smith? Buck? Bucks, Bucks. Buck something.
0: Buck Johnson?
1: Buck Johnson. Buck Johnson, Buck Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. I'm well, sorry. So, anyway, Buck Johnson was kind of an enforcer Sure. in uh, college basketball. And I had no idea that Juden Smith could fight. <laughs> Buck Johnson, they did something down on the end line. And uh, Juden hit him about ten times before he could do anything. Of course they kicked them both out and Wimp Sanderson come down, he said he called me Bear, he said, Bear, he said, Your guy just killing mine I said, Well hell he started it. But they both got And it was pretty equal because they were both good
2: players. They were both good players, and there were a bunch of NBA scouts that there that night to see those was two that guys. boxing
1: scouts or that, <laughs> when they,
2: when they when those guys got kicked out, every one of the scouts got up and left the game. They walked out.
0: Yeah, they felt that that was it. That was no, it. Nobody else to
2: see. Juden's nickname was the Beast. Yeah. you know it's yeah, too yeah, bad now. Right, sure was. It's
0: too bad that Juden uh, wasn't able to have a uh, successful playing career in the NBA.
2: Yeah, I think if he, he could, he didn't shoot very didn't, well. I was going to say if he could have shot it little better and he, even at that i think it's one of those things if he could have gotten it just the right place at the right time yeah. he might have stuck but he, if he, he needed to shoot it a little better um
1: i felt you know when antonio davis came out and was drafted but he decided to go over to europe and play for three years mm-hmm. now he was drafted by indianapolis yeah. and uh, uh larry brown was there all right larry brown is a uh one of the coaches in the NBA, coached in college. Now, I'm afraid that, uh, um, that he might got lo- lost in the shuffle if it hadn't been for Larry Brown. But, you know, all he could do really was uh, pass the ball, play good defense, uh, rebound. But as far as scoring, it wasn't there, but Larry Brown saw that. Yeah.
2: I saw one of my favorite point guards last year in Orlando, it was Eddie Riveras in the real estate business down there and doing well. But uh, I still remember his first year there. Prince Stewart had set out a year and gone home and came back. And Prince was a tremendous defender. And I remember watching practice early and I'm thinking, I see him going against get started. I'm thinking, man, Prince has lost a step by sitting out, you know. And then I realized after the season started, It wasn't that Prince had lost anything; he was still a tremendous defender. But he was guarding Eddie, and nobody—Eddie was just too slight to play beyond that. But uh, he could score on anybody. Bill, Bill,
1: do you remember? We're going way back in history, and I'm sure all uh, listeners out there tired of hearing it. Do you remember the shot that Eddie shot at the end of the Wyoming game? Wyoming game, yes, I do. He took—I don't know why this guy did something dumb—and I think we were one point behind. Mm And uh, uh, Eddie got the ball on the free throw line, took one dribble and shot it with two hands. I remember it coming. I'm watching it and watching it and watching yeah. it. And I thought, damn, it's going to hit good. the rim. Yeah. Well, it didn't hit the rim. It hit the net. Yeah.
0: One of the greatest endings uh, you've ever yeah. been a part of? I, I, think, it well, I, had, too, I was, think it was your 600th victory, too. Was it really? I think so.
1: I think uh, I had two or three go the other, uh, other direction <laughs> and got beat on a
2: B.Y.O. Do you BYU, remember the yeah, Colorado State? Uh,
1: Colorado State guy shot one from 75 feet. Yeah. So uh, then he had what the,
2: goes around comes around. He had the nerve to come in the post game and said he, he practiced that shot all the time yeah. and made it. <laughs> what a lie.
0: You know, it's too bad. This is the 15th anniversary of the 92 team that went to the Sweet 16. And it's too bad that we have not been able to keep uh, enough of those former players back in El Paso from time to time. David Van Dyke comes in. He was just here in December for the uh, second day of the uh, State Farm Sun Bowl tournament. But Eddie Rivera... Marlon Maxey, Ralph Davis, a lot of those guys from the '92 team just haven't been back, and, it, and it's a shame, considering that's the team that, you know, after the '66 team has really gone the farthest for UTEP in the last 30 years.
2: Yeah, I, I got to talk to Ralph last year when when Roy Howard passed away uh, on the phone, but yeah. uh, he seems to be doing well. He's working for a college in Chicago, and uh, okay. yeah, it's a shame that we don't see him more often. But and again. Uh, I'm talking from an interview standpoint, but Prince Stewart was another one of my favorites because Prince didn't speak as clearly as some of the guys, so TV never interviewed him. Right. But if you, if you sat and listened to him, it's like he really had good analysis of the game. He knew the game, no, and, he, and he, was great, he was a great interview, and it worked yeah. for me, and it didn't work for TV or radio.
0: Do you know uh, where Prince is? I'm always wondering if we ever could get like a... Like a "Where are you now?" kind of story, and just get a bunch of old former miners and track them down and see where they're located. It would be—I know a lot of people would love to hear where a lot of these former players are. Bill,
2: I agree, and and I don't—I haven't heard from Prince in a long time. He was and, from Lexington. Lexington, Kentucky,
1: and uh, uh, I heard from him a couple, three years ago. They told about something. Yeah, he's still there. Um, I don't remember where he called from. Yeah,
2: I remember. I was excited that. Uh, Uh, that he called. Johnny Melvin was another favorite on that team. I remember you ran that triangle in two, and Johnny would be the point in the triangle, and he ran around so much that a lot of teams couldn't figure out what you you were running. They didn't know what you were running. And
1: I'd I'd raise hell with him and say, Johnny, stay put. And uh, Johnny isn't going to stay put. He's going to go trap a ball (laughs) wherever it was. And nobody, you know, they'd look at that thing and they'd think, well, I thought that was a triangle. But uh, when your guy on top, might go to the corner or wherever. Yeah. Uh, it's not a triangle anymore, but it confused Confused me, too. I was going to say, if it confused you, I can
0: imagine what it did to the opposition, yeah. too. Johnny never seemed to have a problem, though. He always seemed to have an idea of what he was doing, even though you might not have known all the time what exactly was happening. But, uh, now Johnny Melvin, another part of that 92 team. And right. there were so many of them, so many great players that you look back now and Think to yourself, a lot of UTEP fans still talk about that 92 game because of the upset over Kansas. Right. And, and for the fans that weren't around in 66 as much or were so young, they don't remember it as easily, the 92 team still sticks out in a lot of people's yeah. minds.
2: That's a team that could have gone to the Final Four. I mean, they, you got off to that terrible start against Cincinnati and ended Six, up losing 16-4. to 16-4 to four well. and lost, lost by one, and yeah. they just destroyed Memphis in the Elite Eight. I mean, I, I right. think that's a team that could have easily gone to the final four yeah eight
0: eight zero five seven six three eight eight zero 5763 krd as we wrap up our first hour here with Bill Knight I'm wondering since you spent so many years writing game stories and feature stories what do you enjoy more do you enjoy more the game recaps or the actual feature articles
2: oh uh, the feature articles I, I think one of the most fun things about my job is getting to know people a little better and so when you get down and, Get, get a chance to talk to them for more than a couple of minutes at a time and yeah. get to know their background a little bit and you do it over over a period of time too and so and and you can be a little more creative although I take a lot of liberties with game stories too but sure. uh, you know features are are fun because there's just really there's no latitudes in there you can kind of go any direction you want and it's all in your mind as, as I always say I I make stuff up have you ever thought
0: of taking uh, the collection over the last uh, 30 years and putting like a selected works book together and just uh, you know you've written so many articles so many incredible stories collect them publish them and put them in one uh, put them in one giant collection
2: it's not a bad idea I'd never thought of it before because I I I don't. I'd, l- I'd love to see that. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, well, I'm sure I could get I access to it. I don't keep anything that I write. I think that's one of the things I like about my job. Is you're only as good as what you do today. You know, it's yesterday's gone. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like kind of like their business, and you know a little bit, but. Uh, that, that might be a fun project to, to research and put together.
0: Well, I've always said nobody writes feature articles like you, and I think a thank lot you. of El Pasoans that have read your work for so many years would love to go back and see some of the stories you've written because you've had some very memorable, memorable articles that have come out.
2: Well, thank you. They, they have been, they've all been a joy to do. It's been a fun job, there's no question. It's still fun.
0: Is there anything better, though, than uh, being a beat writer for UTEP basketball? No,
2: nah, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, and I said, I've never had a day where I dreaded going to work. You know, I mean, there might be days where you might want to go play golf or something, but yeah. I never dreaded it, and it's got the three things I love. You get to, to be around basketball all the time, you get to meet people all the time, and you get to write, so... Can't tell me, a,
0: tell me about the uh, journalism student that's uh, been shadowing you uh, here—not uh, only tonight, but uh, for the last few weeks as well.
2: Yeah, Jackie Balen's a freshman at UTEP, and uh, she played volleyball at Franklin. And uh, she's very ambitious and industrious. And uh, she's not only shadowing me, but uh, Raúl Martinez at Channel Seven. And. Uh, Works about 30 hours a week, too. So. Wow.
0: What yeah. advice do you have, not only for Jackie, but for aspiring young journalists they are looking to break into this field and have an opportunity to pursue their dream if it's uh, journalism and sports journalism?
2: Um, I'd say just uh, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do anything, be passionate about it, enjoy it, and have fun with it. Because uh, I think the the last book, I, I just finished reading Sidney Poitier's little autobiography thing, and he said something about uh, the three legacies we leave are... Uh, uh, love and work and family, and uh, you know, work—you spend a lot of time doing that. So, uh, you know, be passionate about it, and have fun, and enjoy it. Hey,
0: we've really enjoyed having you. It's been a real treat to all Thank our you, along. Bill.
2: Thank you, coach. Appreciate Steve. it, Bill. It's Bill enjoy Knight, it.
0: folks, joining us—the uh, Sports Hall of Famer here in El Paso, longtime sports writer and beat writer for the Utah basketball team. Stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to continue live from Ruckers West. Willie Cager is in the house. He is. Enjoyed a good meal here at Fud West, and here we'll be uh, taking a trip down memory lane. We'll be talking to Willie about his foundation, his memories, and a whole lot more as the Don Haskins show continues live from Fud West and only on News Radio KROD.
3: Based in El Paso, but listening to the world, News Radio KROD.